You're listening to the... <laughs> How's everybody doing? This is the Pain and Goddess podcast. This is episode number 65. Oh, hello, witches. It's Wednesday, and it is actually Wednesday that I'm recording this. It's July 1st, y'all. Um, so I'm really excited to just really kind of put... It's weird. Like, usually halfway through the year, we're halfway through the year. Usually halfway through the year, there's this sense of, like, we've gotten so much accomplished, and I don't know, or maybe it's gone so fast, and this year has been definitely a different kind of circus slash shit show. And in my opinion, we are definitely getting some things done. Um, voices are coming up and being listened to. I think we're doing a great amount of healing um, from the inside, which is where it needs to begin. So many of us are learning to listen better. We're learning to understand other people's um and believe other people's uh, experience and stories in ways that I'm not sure has happened, um, you know. And I also know, of course, it's 50-50. Um, everything is 50% true. So whatever story I can tell you, I'm sure there are just as many instances where the opposite is happening. Remember that you have the power. This is what I would love for you to remember. Remember that you have the power to, on purpose, make it 50-50. So if you have been, you know, struggling or experiencing anxiety, fear, grief, as we all do, especially during times like these where things are kind of disintegrating, crumbling, being rebuilt. It's very interesting times, right? Don't spend all of your time thinking that that's like completely true. One of my great teachers, Brooke Castillo, was mentioning, and I love this, that, you know, you can believe whatever you'd like. It's an illusion no matter what, okay? If you're imagining that this this future is like wrought with peril and, and there's no hope for certain things and it's, you know, normal will never be normal again. And it'll be, you know, you can suffer over a future, right? And, and, and that's a delusion. It's delusionary. It's an illusion. It doesn't exist. Um, you can also think like, everything's going to be amazing. We're going to make the future like a billion times better than it was before. It like the new normal is going to be an incredible experience for everyone. There will be so much opportunity and everyone will be um, really appreciating each other. And, you know, and you can call that a delusion. You can say, gosh, she's so, such an illusion. But both of these things are illusions. So just remember what it does to your psyche to constantly be in that state of um, that negative bias, which our brains have. Um, our brains are scanning constantly for what will you know, kill us or, <laughs> um, how, you know, how to make sure we survive. Like that's the brain's job. So give your brain, um, some, um, positive stuff to chew on as well. Balance it out. Um, shadow and light is how, um, you know, five dimensional objects appear. 
So don't forget that, you know, it's all the things. It's not just an, it's not or anymore. It's not. It's not or anymore. It's not this or that. It's this and that. It's and. So um, I, I've been really enjoying changing my language around um, this. And when I want to say, well, yes, but I say, well, yes, and. Because um, it, it really opens up the possibility of what is going to happen, what could happen. And it's all conjecture anyways. You might as well at least give yourself 50% of the time thinking about fanciful, amazing shit that, you know, best possible outcomes, um, you know, and knowing that, you know, we, we also get to use our brains to practice non-attachment, right? And this is Eckhart Tolle's work where we, you know, if we can work with our brain and not attach to outcomes, then we can open ourselves up to a great deal more of our humanity because um, there's just this sense that when we attach uh, an outcome or expectation to something, you know, oftentimes it doesn't live up to what we have in our brains. So we can say, you know, like, this is possible. And this also requires me to do X amount of things is that my priority? You know, sometimes we're to blame, right? Like, yeah, my expectation is to have like a beautiful, amazing, like clean house and a dish less sink. Um, and if I'm really attached to that, I'm sad all the time. <laughs> so just, you know, fucking love yourself. Give yourself some leeway. Remember that 50% of the time is always going to be the opposite of what you're feeling right now. This too shall pass and this too shall heal. Um, given the 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 right kinds of attention and love and nurturing, okay? One of the ways you can nurture yourself is, of course, self-care, but another way is listening to others' experience, learning about um, alternate realities. You know, there are so many realities in this world. And so I just want to really encourage you to do that. One of the realities that I've been spending a lot of time in is the Astrologic Lab, I have 40 members in there, you guys. I'm super excited. I had some um, uh, leave after a month, some of them, um, and I, I said adieu to them with, with great respect and love. Um, some of them are moving on to anti-racist work and are, you know, dedicating their time to that. Um, and a couple are, you know, their their situations changed and, and um, prioritizing this work right now was not something. And so I, you know, something that they could do. I just want to say that that is something I completely get behind. Listen, it's either a divine yes or it's a divine no. There's no, oh, sorry, I didn't have, it's like, it's it's a priority or it's not. And I love you regardless. So if you're listening to this and you feel behind or whatever, don't feel that way. It's the work. Um, I appreciate your investment in my work and my time. I, I put a lot of heart into the work that I'm doing in the lab. I just am finishing up the moon packet for our next month's content, which comes out every full moon. I'm dropping new moon, monthly content, and it is aligned with the season that we're in that the sun is in. So right now it's cancer season and then the planetary ruler of cancer, which is the moon. So we're learning about moon signs this month, which is, I mean, it's an endless rabbit hole. So right now I'm, I'm like trying to get a bunch in here, but also like knowing we are... I, there's no way I can make this packet perfect or all-inclusive like 
I'm pulling in a bunch of threads that I think are really interesting. You can't necessarily find other places um, or together, um, you know, because there's so much information out there. And there's so many badass witches right now doing cool moon work. So I'm offering some resources, some of my favorites. And I'm also considering like, you know, that we should as a lab maybe do like a book club type of thing once a year or twice a year. Anyways, so many ideas, so much fun. Um, we have a mighty network group and I would say about half of the members are really active in there and they are um, just blowing my mind with all of their insights and discoveries when they look at their harvest cycles and what's happening while they're transiting through their first house, their second house, their 12th house. Um, you know, we're talking on our coaching calls. We had um, two coaching calls last month, one for um, natal chart 101, which could arguably have been called something else because I feel like, you know, the natal chart, every time I look at my natal chart, I see something new and different. Um, and it's just, um, again, a series of rabbit holes, a bunch of layers of an onion, and you can't just peel it all at once, right? You you really do have to build um, knowledge layer by layer. And people are at different, you know, um, uh, you know, they have different time availabilities. They have different kind of pattern seeking, right? So some people, you know, um, I would say my approach to astrology is very pattern oriented. I look at patterns and connections um, and, you know, Everyone, I think, is a little bit different, but it's been really, really fun. And I think that the work's been really um, enlightening to even me, who apparently, like, I built these worksheets. And then when I do them, I'm like, whoa, I fucking still learned something about myself. So I'm, I'm really happy with it. I'm super proud of that work. I can't have, you know, imagined that a year ago, this is, you know, a year ago, I was really focusing on the Tarot Collective and working on that and um, welcoming in my first students for that project. And I would have not, you know, and someone had asked me, like, when are you going to start teaching astrology? And I'm just like, oh, it felt like such a big beast. And, you know, um, just like anything, you know, one bite at a time, one piece at a time. And so we're taking it, you know, one season at a time, putting in all the um, pieces. And so this month we're going to do, I think, three coaching calls. I have three ideas. One of them, there's these um, house reflections. I'm encouraging um, all the members to do collages for their houses. So we're going to do like a little live party where we collage together. Anyways, lots of fun. If you're interested in that work, this is like... Um, it's fun. You can take an hour a week or you could take seven hours a week, you know, um, but it's really a, a beautiful place. And if you want to commit to learning astrology and figuring out how to integrate, um, astro astrological information into your life, I think it's a really good way to start and to continue. Um, cause again, it's really me showing you patterns and, and, and then we dig in every month a little bit deeper. Okay, so yeah, if you want to check that out, it's at paintinggoddess.com, and I'm going to change it to slash join, I think, but listen, just go to my website, you'll see um, along the top, it says Astrologic Lab, you click on that link, and it'll take you to that place. Also, you know, I created a Mercury Retrograde 
booklet. If you are interested in that work, I'm offering it for free to um, Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Um, and then if you are interested in just buying that work from me, I'm, I'm giving all the proceeds to um, different organizations and entrepreneurs who are supporting um, Black people during this time. Um, you know, we are at a time where I just can't, I, you know, I can't imagine that, that, you know, it's, it's so much history, of course, and there's a pitch to what's been happening recently that feels very um, intense, even as a white person. And I can't imagine, of course, what it feels like to wake up each morning and see the news and see um, more um, people that look like me, um, which is what the experience of a black person is having right now. Their kids, you know, people who are doing normal things, walking home from the store, going running. Um, you know, it's like people who should not, it should not get escalated to the point where they are um, being killed by police either um, inadvertently, supposedly, supposedly, or even on purpose, right? Like no matter what, all of these people who are taken into police custody deserve um, dignity and, and, and treatment that is humane. And um, it's clear that the police does not have, to me, it's clear to me that the police does not have a very good um, history of being that way. And so um, I personally am really excited for the conversations that are happening around defunding the police and investing in collective care and what that might look like in the future, uh, building a future that we do want. I happen to think that Jupiter and Pluto are really helping us do that right now. Jupiter wants to expand our like imagination, our visions, the opportunities, the luck, the positivity. It wants us to keep growing and seeking um, beyond that barrier, beyond those edges, especially beyond the places where we feel uncomfortable, right? It wants us to push out as far as we can. It really is rooting for us. And it does it through education and through knowledge. So, you know, Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius. So, you know, the north, uh, the south node just shifted into Sagittarius. And, and, you know, we're being asked, we're being called to remember what we've learned before and the karmic ties to that kind of when you know more, you do better. Like that's that Maya Angelou uh, quote, like when, when you know better, you do better. And this is the lesson, I think, of Sagittarius wisdom where it's like, through wisdom, you realize how much you're capable of. You don't learn like, oh shit, like, I mean, you know, other than like, yeah, I'm, I don't know, like even I was just thinking about like, you learn you like can't fly. Like when you think of physical limitations, even so many of those things are overcome by, by the human spirit of invention and ingenuity and like positive, like the way that we can imagine um, a futuristic kind of world. And, you know, I know there's a lot of dystopic fucking um, representations out there. Um, one of the first things me and my husband watched during quarantine was um, Altered Carbon on Netflix, which I highly recommend and don't. Like, there's certain parts of that show that I will never unsee. And to me, that's this patriarchal dystopian future that I never... I never want to see happen. 
it is, um, there, there's definitely, um, room for us to do better. And I think that there are way more people on this planet than there's ever been who believe in, in the goodness of what we're capable of and the possibilities that are presented to us on this earth that is so full of life and amazingness. So we spin our spells by speaking our truth. And I speak that into um, existence today. So mode it be. <laughs> All right. A couple of other things. So yeah, so I have a, a Mercury retrograde. If you want to check that out, um, it's in the classes that I created. But again, you can message me, jennifer at paintinggoddess.com and ask me for information about that. Basically, what I do is I show you how to check out where this retrograde is happening in your chart because when you look at where these transits are happening, it can it can help to ground it in what aspect of your life are you meant to be working on? What is the universe supporting you right now to work on? And when you know where in your world, you know, in your life, is it in your health and your wellness? Is it in your relationships with others? Is it in sharing space with others? Is it in your education? Is it in your career, your legacy? You know, what aspect of your life is this Mercury retrograde happening in? Right? For me, um, it's happening in my first house. The sun is also where that is, right? So it's adding, action, you know, the sun being where Mercury is retrograding, which isn't generally the case, um, there is like this activation that's added to the energy there. So I, you know, because when you think of the sun, what does the sun provide? Vital force, right? There's like a few things that they teach you. you know, my daughter talks about this, that plants need, which were very much the same, water, sunlight, fertile soil, right? So... Um, that's what Mercury needs in order to do its work as well. And its work is all about your nervous system and your mental agility. It wants you to stay flexible, wants you to be able to have um, coherent and clear speaking communication with others. And when it's in cancer, like it is, it's retrograding in cancer, it's really talking about how does your heart communicate to your head? And then where in that, where in your life, what aspect of your life dictated by the house that it's transiting in, what aspect of your life do you need to implement that connection to? And I just had a huge aha moment just now while speaking about it because I had a pretty intense yoga session this morning. I did yin yoga. We're opening back up the studio. I do um, check-ins for a, a local yoga studio here that's amazing. The, the women who own this studio have done just an incredible job to get us back safely into doing in-person yoga. You know, we're only allowed to have five um, students in the studio at a time and then they're also streaming they've been streaming online classes since really the first day um, they just got it going on right really quick and just have been really um, supporting their teachers and their students like no other studio I've seen but um, so what's crazy is that I had I had the opportunity to go in and I, I went in early and I took a class that's still being just offered online. And I, and I went into the studio. So I was alone doing my practice. I had checked in the other students because that's, you know, part of my support to the teacher. And I was, um, I was on the mat and holding a pose because yin, you hold poses for quite some time and you breathe. You just kind of sit with the discomfort. It's really about training your nervous system to like be okay with discomfort. 
and oh my goodness, I just was washed over with such a huge amount of grief and anxiety, which I'm not a person who particularly feels anything. <laughs> I have to say, like, I dissociate really well. And it's served me really well. You know, trauma responses as they go. Dissociation has um, definitely protected me from feeling um, uh, too much, too soon, or too quickly, right? And um, and it's not as though I'm devoid of emotion. But, um, yeah, I just don't often have that kind of washing I would call it. It just came over me in a really quick way. It was like being taken under in the ocean, right? Just like being washed up. And it was just all this feeling of like, I mean, I'm actually really sad and scared um, and uh, feeling like there's so many people who I can't help to feel better. And there's, and including myself, right? Like, and there's so many tools that I also have. So I'm very grateful. Um, but yeah, just sitting with that, sitting with that and recognizing that my ha my heart is really trying to forge a really solid and clear communication um, channel. Um, and, you know, that, that channel is really tuning. Um, I think I've focused a lot as I do my witch work on connection to source and to message getting messages from my body from my it has been um a long road and focusing on that for the last four years um I have moments I think cancer season is an interesting time because in general it's my first house and um I do have um really deep emotions especially for others you know it doesn't take a lot for me to tug on my heartstrings I really um, feel things very deeply, especially when I see others in pain. Um, which is why I think it's been really hard for me because I've made myself watch some of these videos thinking of my children in this position, you know, even as grown people, right? When I watch, um, when I watched George Floyd call for his mom on the pavement, recognizing that his mom is, you know, <laughs> is out there, she may have had to watch that video, um, and actually now that I say that, that's something, I don't know if she's still alive. Um, but that, to me that, that doesn't really matter because of what I know about the afterlife. But so, you know, it's just like to know that, that is, um, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't even, um, hold myself together. Of course, I think we, you know, if you've allowed yourself to feel that and then, you know, and then when, when Elijah's story came forward and um, his words, I, I didn't even have to hear, like I watched the video after, but reading his last words, le reading the words that he said to that police officer, it just broke me. And so, you know, thinking of them as my children. And I think that's really something that cancer season can give us access, access to is everything is connected and it's connected through that heart space when we give our compassion. It's the biggest gift we can give because when we see others as ourself, we have access to a, a depth of compassion. And if you don't, then, then that's also how you treat yourself, 
right? If you don't have compassion or empathy for others, you may not, you may actually find when, when looking that you don't actually have a lot of companion, compassion or love, um, for, for your own faults or whatever, right? Um, anyways, I digress and it's a good digression. I think that, you know, this movement of Black Lives Mattering um, must continue until all lives matter and all Black lives matter, all trans lives matter, all, all women's lives matter, all children's lives matter. Um, but it begins where this, you know, where the kitchen's on fire. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna step away from, from this um, fight, at least I'm not, until until we can kind of, you know, see the changes that need to happen. Anyways, <sighs> so <laughs> where am I? Where was I? So a couple of other things that are happening, um, you know, I'm just starting to write the Leo season uh, Magical Earth subscription box horoscopes. Um, if you've been getting that work, I'm really excited. The theme for this month is Courage. And um, Janet has put together a really cool idea for a box. And I think I might even go live in the subscription box group to do a little spell making. So that's exciting. Um, all right. Astro weather this week, you guys. This week, the moon is waxing. Okay. Today, the first, the sun is actually conjunct Mercury retrograde in Cancer at nine degrees. And that's a pretty significant thing. <laughs> okay, you know, when you talk about the sun being conjunct Mercury, the sun is about our vital force. Mercury is, again, our mind, our mental agility, um, our capacity co to communicate. And so being in cancer together, cancer is, is that um, cardinal water sign, the sign that really wants us to feel it feels like it doesn't have words always for the feelings it just is in the feeling and so that happening um today you know hopefully you have access you know it's again this yin experience this yin yoga experience i had take some time sitting in that discomfort and just feel yourself feel what you feel and if you have hard time accessing feelings maybe music can get you there okay maybe dance or music um, maybe a good feel good movie <laughs> that you can cry to. Um, the other thing that's happening is, um, Saturn's actually retrograding back into Capricorn today. So that's a big deal. You know, Capri uh, Saturn w moved forward into Aquarius to give us a little bit of a taste of what, you know, Saturn in Aquarius is going to be like. And, uh, it's, <laughs> It's a lot. It was literally the day we went on full-on quarantine lockdown was when Saturn, which is the uh, planet of boundaries and limitations, constraint, went into the sign Aquarius of freedom and liberation. So, yeah. And, and here's the thing is that Saturn kind of felt like it knew what it was doing. It had to create a container in which people were captive audiences for what's happening right now. If we were able to go about our normal lives, which I don't think it's any mistake that the government really wants us to go about our normal lives and get back to normal because 
the captive audience that allows for political discussion to happen the way that it has, it's not always good for what, you know, for, for business as usual. And if we are to really create a new Aquarian society, which I'm here for it, then, you know, this time, this great pause that we've been in is crucial. And I feel like the universe kind of give gave us this gift, even though it's been excruciating. We've lost a lot of lives. I know um, a lot of people have been personally um, affected by this and are still suffering from the the you know, after effects of having contracted COVID-19. So, um, you know, our kids are experiencing a pandemic, which is, it's hard to know, especially like I have a 15 year old, he seems fine, but, um, you know, it's not nor like it's not fine and it's fine. Right. I mean, so, so yeah, lots going on. And then this Saturday, here's the big deal. And I want to give you guys a whole lowdown on the, on the, like, on the other side of this. I'm going to give you basically through the houses what this full moon eclipse will be for you. Okay. But I first want to give a little update um, on the first house because my son is in the first house. Again, this is the work in the astrologic lab, but it's also really focused on learnings teachings from the book of houses and you can buy the book of houses on amazon or any other bookseller that you'd like it's a fantastic book it was sold out for a while because all of my lab members have bought it now and we're just eating up this book together it's a really cool little book that really talks about how we move through um our harvest cycle through the year we get four personal holidays based on the the, the degrees at which the sun moves over thresholds in our chart at any rate when you're in your first house like I am I'm focused on myself I'm focused on meeting myself again and how that's come through has been kind of weird it says in the book that often this is the time you want to be alone I felt like that was really my 12th house feeling I didn't have a lot of spoons for people in a lot of ways, especially when I was bleeding, it was very intense during my moon time where I just really didn't have a lot of energy to care for others. Um, I felt actually, um, cause I moved into my first house on the 18th, which was right before father's day weekend. I spent the whole weekend kind of doting on my husband who's a Leo. And so, you know, touch and attention are his love language. And, um, you know, I would say that absence is one of my love, love languages. I love to be left alone and work. So that's kind of how I am in general. And I think it's interesting because my first house is in cancer and Gemini kind of mixed and, you know, when it's in Gemini in that first few um, days of my first house, when it was still there, uh, you know, I didn't really want to talk to people so that, yeah, I, or I couldn't really communicate. Now that I'm fully in this cancer, maybe it's because Mercury is um, retrograding here in my first house right now. Um, but I actually feel like I could, I, I like I said, I have access to, to like feeling um, that I haven't, <laughs> they haven't spent a lot of time feeling, um, and it's coming through in a different way. It can't be taken out of context. You know, I've been practicing yoga now pretty solidly for about three years 
and doing the moon cycle awareness uh, work for over four years. And I can't tell you how um, validating all of that has been for me personally. Um, and so it's all part of that, right? Um, but I've been experiencing my first house and like I, I scheduled a hair appointment with my um, I've been, you know, last year, um, I got purple hair <laughs> and I've just decided like, this is who I am now. <laughs> and I'm really, I love it. I love it. I want to get it brighter. I want it brighter than ever this time actually. And, um, I'm, I'm every year I get older. I think my first house time when I, when I look back, cause I was looking at old journals and stuff too. This is something, you know, there's a bit of nostalgia there in that first house. Like who have I been? And who am, who am I right now? And like, like reintroducing myself to myself. And um, I look back and there's certain decisions I made around this time of year that really defined who I am. And I think that's a really interesting thing. And, you know, I happen to be a journaler and kind of an archivist of my own life. And so I have things to look at. You can look at your, you know, now that we have social media, you can look at your memories, your social media around certain times of year and notice if there's patterns. Super fun. So I've been looking and, you know, this, this is the time of year where I make a lot of kind of statements about who I am, who I want to be. Right. And I think that that's a really um, beautiful way that that's come through. Um, I, I did want to say there's also this reflection around the first house that it feels kind of like I'm exposed to the chaos above ground. This is something that's said in the book of houses. And I've been really reflecting on this because within the pandemic uh, narrative that's going on. Right. It's like, yeah, like I feel extra exposed to the chaos. And that's really you know, part of what came up, I think, today in yin class, where I was like, all of a sudden feeling like, wow, I feel really exposed. And there's a lot we really don't have control over. And um, it feels very vulnerable. Um, it's also the time, though, when I'm in my first when we're in our first house, where that those dream seeds of the 11th house, which is where you choose your seeds, right? You choose your seeds, and then you plant them in the 12th house. Um, but they're starting to become visible, right? And so I planted, um, I chose the seeds of the Astrologic Lab and it's starting to really, like I said, it's starting to grow and build some momentum. And I'm, I'm feeling really um, appreciative of this work because it grounds me, it, it, it helps me to uh, process my vulnerability when I look at myself and say, wow, you know, I really am kind of soft, hard, that's a very cancer, right? That the crab, the archetype of the crab, the cancer um, archetype of the crab being like really soft on the inside, but having the shell that has also has weapons like in its body, right? Um, and, you know, I really resonate with that, which is really funny because I've always used, especially my words um, to combat things. And I've said some horrible shit in my life to people in order to hurt them. Okay, like I will I will own that. Like I have said things because I felt attacked, because I felt too vulnerable or afraid. Now, um, yeah, that's just how that is. So on the other side of this little break, we're gonna talk about the full moon eclipse. Um, 
and how it's going to amplify in your world based on the house that you are experiencing this um, eclipse in. So stay tuned. All right, welcome back. So we're talking about the full moon eclipse. The full moon eclipse is happening in Capricorn at 13 degrees. So here's the deal. Each sign in the astrological wheel. <clears throat> so when you look at your natal chart or you look at anybody's natal chart, you'll see all of the zodiac signs on the outside elliptic. They call it an elliptic. It's the circle. Um, if you go to astro-charts.com, you can pretty much pull up a natal chart that's very simple to read, in my opinion. Um, the how the the signs on the outside are in words, so you can see the the words. There's really good, um, you know, characterizations of what everything is in. It says it in plain language. The sun is here. The moon is here. It tells you the degree. It tells you everything. So when you go in and look at your chart, you might find, wow, there's nothing at 13 degrees Capricorn. That's okay. If you have your birth time, you're going to get your house structure. So the inner elliptic, the inner circle in there is going to be numbered 1 through 12. And you'll see that those lines, if you're, you know, if you're just going in with the default, because defaulted, it's going to use the, what's called a placidus system. So there's a whole house in a placidus. I use placidus for this work specifically for the harvest cycle, especially um, because it really will make a difference. Um, so when you get your chart, you'll see on the inner inner um, elliptic what house it is by, and they're like pieces of pie, but they won't line up with the signs, okay? The signs each have 30 degrees, period. It goes from zero degrees to 29 degrees, 30 degrees, so it'll just go zero degrees to 29 degrees, and then it'll start over at zero degrees of the next sign. It goes all the way around. Of course, a circle has 360 degrees. I'm not a mathematician. I only know that because of astrology. That's my only math reference. I only know geog geometry, and I was actually really good at geometry, um, like really weirdly so when I was in high school, and uh, it's because I learned aspects and astrology. Anyways, um, <laughs> that's the only math I'm good at. I can do percentages too because I love to shop um, for discounted goods. Um, <laughs> bleh. Anyway, so back to the subject at hand. Um, it's so funny. I wrote down systemic reboot and I circled it. Now, the eclipse in Capricorn is nothing short of a systemic reboot. Take advantage of this. If you want to start something new and really fucking undo, dismantle, and rebuild a foundation that you can stand on, Capricorn energy is here for it. 13 degrees is right in the middle there too, so it's like in that testing phase. That is the, this is the time. This, this lunar eclipse uh, in Capricorn on July 4th, okay, it's happening on July 4th, and it is, I want to say, um, in the middle of the day. I don't have the time. Sorry. Not sorry. Um, so it is a systemic reboot. So full moons are this what, okay? The moon is going to say what. So what are what does the moon represent? 
The moon represents the feminine, the divine feminine, the receptivity of the feminine, um, the, the intuition and the cyclical nature, right? Moons are so cyclical. Their cycles are um, visible um, in a way that really connects us. Obviously, it's kind of Earth's personal planet, right? Uh, reminds us of all the cycles. It, it, it dictates how the tides pull, right? It, it dictates the water table. So, you know, the moon is this really important body, um, but it's also really associated with emotions, okay? And the kind of uh, creative essence that comes from, um, you know, the death and rebirth cycle. It really is the language of cycles. Um, and that's why, you know, sometimes you can see in old folklore that the moon has like this witchy, very like sinister kind of uh, association. Um, you'll see that in old tarot um, traditional uh, definitions of the moon card because, you know, the feminine is wily and not always the same and you can't trust it. But when you start to actually look at the lunar cycle, I mean, there are cultures that still use a lunar calendar because it's so, uh, like, they have to adjust. Why do you think we have a leap year, right? Like, they have to adjust things because the sun is an, ex like, our orbit around the sun is not exact. But with the moon, like, every 29 days, it's, like, meeting up with the sun. So there's, it's just different. Anyway, so full moons are the what? The illumination um, and fruition and realizations that eclipses create. It's really quick, right? So it's a quick transformational portal. It's almost said that it's a, because it's an eclipse, it's a new moon and a full moon all in one. So it's like the whole cycle, boom, all in one. When it's in Capricorn, it's, it's like the mastery. So this is how it's coming through. So the what is really like this transformation of quick. It's the new and old colliding, right? So when you look at old karmic patterns, maybe things that our ancestors did, right? But if you want to take it on a global level, you can take it to the macrocosm. You can take it to the microcosm. On a global level, we're looking at systemic reboots. On a personal level, level you're still looking at systemic reboots. What is it that you want to leave behind? What's your legacy? Capricorn is all about legacy, mastery, your career, what you're known for, what you're responsible for. Okay. So this is really where we are. And in terms of the eclipses, we've also gone through a whole series of Capricorn eclipses. The last Capricorn eclipse that happened, um, was in January when we had our, um, the new moon eclipse um, in Capricorn. So now we're having a full moon eclipse. So you can look back to that time and be like, wow, that was a whole portal situation. But it opens and closes in a way. Um, I'm thinking of like, um, what was that show I watched? Oh, Lock and Key. Have you seen Lock and Key on Netflix? Super recommend it. Um, but there's like these portals and they open and close and there's like limited time access. I would say that, you know, a, an eclipse portal, it lasts about six months. And this is kind of closing up stuff. This is like a karmic cord cutting. That's what's coming through. Karmic debts will be paid and responded to. It's an ultimate perspective shift. It's taking responsibility for what's yours, right? Like nobody else dictates what you do. Literally every action goes, filters through your brain 
through your heart, through your emotional system, and then you act on things. So if you are in any way finding blame in others for things that you do, the, the Capricorn Eclipse Moon is here to shut that shit down. It is, it is here to teach us on a collective level that we are responsible for that which we build and dismantle. It's up to us in the smallest ways and in the big ways. And not all of us need to be, you know, big builders, big heavy shakers, right? Find your role and, and, and figure out how you can lend your hand to the work that's being done. Again, karmic debts being paid and responded to. So let's find out. Okay. You can pause this. Go find your chart. Hopefully you've already done that. You know where it's at. 13 degrees Capricorn. Okay. You want to find out. Then you look inward to the inner elliptic. And it's about halfway through Capricorn. Okay. Um, and if you need to, you can find where the, the houses shift. On the astro-charts.com, you scroll all the way down below where um, the special features of the chart are, and it'll tell you what degrees each house begins at, okay? So that's what you're, that's the information you're gonna wanna see. So once a degree is started, you know, as it says like, um, your, say your seventh house starts at 12 degrees Capricorn, then 13 degrees Capricorn is gonna be in your seventh house, right? So you're looking for, um, for where 13 degrees Capricorn is in your chart. Okay, so if it's in your first house, this full moon Capricorn eclipse happening in your first house, these karmic debts are going to be paid and respond, uh, responded to in regards to yourself, the ego and the initiation that you've been doing, right? Not only that, but there's Chirons in Aries as well as Mars right now. And there's this um, interesting kind of play on that. So if Capricorn is your first house, um, there's there's this, um, I brought Chiron in because I wrote it down here and I'm not sure why I did that. It's so interesting. Because Chiron's in Aries. Anyways, sorry. Ah! Okay, so in the first house, these karmic debts um, are being paid. Ultimate perspective shift to the self, to your ego, the initiation of becoming a new version of yourself may be happening. And you're really going to be looking at self, right? You're going to be looking at who you are. What am I now, right? What am I responsible for? Me, myself, and I alone. Not only that, but there's this sense too of like um, the warrior, um, because this is, you know, in, in, you know, this is the house, the first house is what um, Aries built. Okay, so there's this association between the first house and the energy of Aries. So noticing who we are, noticing what we want to fight for, what do we show up for? That's going to be the karmic debt paid. So you might have, you know, um, hurt yourself in some way, harmed yourself in some way. That shit is going to be... Um, that debt will be paid. In the second house, okay, we're talking about per, uh, financial and personal debt. So you might see, you know, this debt 
physically being paid. You might be paying off. You might find a way to actually pay off that debt. It might be energetic debt too. You might you might be in debt to something or someone might be in debt to, to you and it's going to be paid in full. In the third house, misunderstanding is what I feel can be illuminated in this eclipse. You know, so those things that you have misunderstood Things that you have allowed to kind of get miscommunicated. Dots that aren't connected, right? There's this release of kind of drama and this acceptance of common sense, right? Karmic debt being paid and responded to in regards to deep misunderstandings that you've had amongst your community, people that you know, maybe your family. In the fourth house, if you have this um, Capricorn eclipse in the fourth house. You're going to be cutting cords around healing the child self. Any mother wounds that you have, allow them to heal. If it's really live for you right now, which there's a lot of activity in Capricorn, so wherever this is in your chart, you've had Pluto... Saturn, Jupiter, like all up in this sign. It may not be in this particular house, depending on where your houses shift. But nonetheless, over the last couple of years, this whole area of your chart has seen a rebuild. So this is where there's like this final kind of cutting of the cords, this final karmic debt being paid, settled the debt. And so in the fourth house, healing of the child self, looking at mother wounds, nurturing the self, nurturing is received, finally received and illuminated. In the fifth house, what's being illuminated is that creative spark. You might actually find yourself being um, released from um, certain feelings of being stuck because that's the house of exploratory growth. The fifth house is all about, I'm sorry, not exploratory growth, but creative growth. So you might actually um, cut some cords around what it means to be creative and grow. It may also be a time when you get pregnant or have a child. If you're, I have a friend who's about to go into labor. She thought she was going to make it till the eclipse. I think she's not. But that's okay. So there's, there's that creative spark that's illuminated for you in the fifth house. So make it a fun task. You know, engage in some fucking fun. Let it be fun. The sixth house. If the full moon Capricorn eclipse is happening, 13 degrees is in your sixth house. Focusing on the karmic debt paid around acts of service. Healing your body and your digestion. Might be a good time to do a little... Um, do a little digestive cleanse, you know, treat yourself well for the day. Eliminate some things in your diet that cause you indigestion or feel make you feel sluggish or, or cause your brain to kind of go fuzzy. Um, you might begin that. And really feel like you deserve that health, okay? Um, the self-sabotage that happens in that sixth house, that's what's being healed and cord cut cord cut, karmic debt paid. You no longer have to torture yourself because you are not bad and you are not wrong. That's what I've got for the sixth house. 
Seventh house. The seventh house is all about committed partnerships. So your karmic debt or your cords will be cut around relationships that have not been yet healed. Undone pieces of things that that you may have actually been able to re, like revisit a little bit while Venus was in retrograde last month. So noticing how your heart has shifted. What would you say you've had a change of heart around? And then look at the relationships that have shifted since your expectations or your obligations or your attachments have shifted. Cut cord. Karmic debt paid. In the eighth house, this is all around cooperative debts. So shared inheritances will be paid and settled. If you're dealing with estate shit, things that happened because someone passed away or um, assets changed hands, this eclipse is going to cut the cords. It's going to create a container so that healing can happen. The ninth house, if the Capricorn eclipse is happening, 13 degrees is in your ninth house. I feel like this is where, like this destination, where you're going will be revealed, where you're going to travel to next, spiritually, emotionally, psychically, physically, some kind of debt cord attachment to a place will be cut so that you feel more liberated to move to the next stage of life. So this is around, you know, finding that destination, really having that be revealed and illuminated. So be ready to receive that message. Tenth house. The tenth house, I see systemic rebuilding. This is the ultimate. This is where Capricorn usually lives. So if you got Capricorn in the tenth house, this is extra amplified for you. Capricorn's home in the tenth house. And not only that, Saturn's in the tenth house right now for you, probably. So, so. You are extra activated with this kind of systemic rebuilding role. You are the builder. You're rebuilding the system. You're coming up with the ways in which we can actually cut the cords of the past that have been harming and created containers that exclude others so that we can get ready for the Aquarian age. Because the Aquarian age has no space for disassociation that comes from harming one person in order to... Uh, advance yourself okay so that's where I see um, people really finally saying like I am paid up in full karmically for building the other system and I will now stop building that system stop perpetuating that system and I will build a new system and you'll be like given your role almost this is illuminating this restructuring that will be happening on a on a small level, maybe on a on a community level, maybe on a global level, it just depends on your reach and your ability to kind of create change. And it's different for everyone. And there's no small task. They're all worthy tasks. In the 11th house, this Capricorn eclipse will really start to um, liberate you. <laughs> You're going to see some massive liberation around the way that you can revolutionize and reclaim power over authority that's external from you. So anything you abdicate responsibility for to others will be sent back to you in full. 
And that may be a very painful thing for you if you've been giving away all of your power in order to not have to make decisions, in order for your comfort level to be pretty nice, right? If you're relying on money to pay people to do things for you, but you're not nice to them, those people might have a really rude awakening on this eclipse. Because again, that karmic debt uh, will be paid and those people will be liberated from the, the acts of service they give to you based on your um, paying for them. I hope that makes sense. So this is that re revolutionary reclamation of powers happening in the 11th house. And you could be on one side of the coin or another. Um, 12th house. So 12th house eclipse for Capricorn. I see, I mean, this is the psychic downloads place where dream world and astral timeline rebuilding is happening. So uh, if this is you, if you have the eclipse happening in your 12th house, and you've got Capricorn in your 12th house, learning a systemic way for you to rebuild the astral plane. Does that make sense to you? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're like, what the fuck is she talking about? Google it. Um, but you can start to rebuild certain things based on, um, on another plane. And I have never said anything like that probably on this podcast. Um, but I really think that these psychic revelations are going to come through for you because you're going to be able to understand what debts are being paid off. Now, Capricorn is the accountant of the Zodiac. So if there is transactions that are being counted in the sky, psychic developments, you probably will understand who's who's on that ledger, you know, in a really kind of uh, like dream work way. So, yeah, there's that. So there you go. 12 houses, 12, 12 places where this eclipse is going to hit you. And, you know, I always seek to empower and enliven with the astrological horoscopes that I write. I want people to feel empowered. I want them to take their power back. I want them to use their power wisely and their energy wisely, their attention wisely. And I really, really appreciate your attention to my words in this podcast, what comes through. Um, I am paid in full. <laughs> um, I appreciate you and I uh, honor you and I hope that you have a beautiful eclipse this Saturday and that you um, celebrate the rebirth of the United States of America. Blessed be. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast or benefited from it, I'd love for you to subscribe or rate or review to help spread the word and get this podcast into the ears of witches just like you. Clearly we are in crazy times. If you want to check out the Astrologic Lab, it's here, it's waiting, it's alive, and it's growing. Go to paintedgoddess.com and find out more today.